You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. One of the great misconceptions of an estate plan is that it only takes effect when you die. Nothing could be further from the truth. An estate or life plan is all about what you have achieved to this point in your life and how you're planning for your life moving forward. Macmillan Estate Planning staff are leaders in this area. You can find out more about the company at macmillanestateplanning.com. There's an assortment of information on what the firm does for its clients, including timely blogs on various topics you may wish to incorporate into your own plan. It's a great one-stop shop for research on the topic. And it leads nicely into one of Macmillan's upcoming seminars, where you can learn more about the process of building a good estate or life plan. The next seminars are Thursday, January 25th in Calgary and Wednesday, January 31st in Red Deer. To pre-register, call the office weekdays during office hours at 403-266-6464. Or you can register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. Welcome back to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. Martine Tollefson is often called upon when the discussion turns to how best to put aside funds for the future, even while investing in an ongoing business. Martine will use a combination of banking law and trust law, depending upon the individual client's needs, to put the best possible life plan in place. The benefits of investing under trust law. First, there's the 100% principal guarantee, ensuring that no less than 100% of your deposits and resets, minus any withdrawals, will be payable to your named beneficiaries. And then we have the reset options. Each company we work with has various reset options that our families can choose. So we work through that with them. And then you can preserve the value of your estate. In the event of death, the proceeds of the contract have the ability to pass quickly and privately to designated beneficiaries without any legal estate administration or probate fees. And it can bypass probate. So that is also a private thing. And then we have the potential for creditor protection, and that protects from any claims of creditors that you've named a beneficiary who is in your family class, so it can protect against those lawsuits and such. And then there are also some tax advantages, and you can take advantage of the dividend tax credit and capital gains tax with them. The key to deciding how to develop a good life plan for a client is to find out early what the client's needs and wishes are. When clients come into our office, we look at what their objectives are and we sort their life plan to plan for that future that they could possibly live that long lifetime. So we want to make sure that they have enough, that it's protected and that they're not going to run out and have a struggle later on. Financial needs can take several forms. Is the client still working, even part-time? Is the client responsible for the care of another family member? Is the client running a business that might need a cash infusion? And if the client has retired, what does he or she need to enjoy a comfortable lifestyle? We will put whatever their needs are for about two or three years into a, a stable type of a fund. In, in trust law, and that might be something like a bond structure that earns about 2 to 3%. And then we put the rest into a dividend-type structure so that it can have some growth. And sometimes that can make about 7 to 8% rate of return, and we like to calculate it out to flow their income to them at least until their age 100. 
Trust law may be a plus for the client who is still in business or who has assets outside Alberta. Investing under trust law also has creditor protection, and that is very helpful in those cases because... If there was some sort of a lawsuit, like some engineers that we have, they like to have this because they know that if something ever happens to their designs or their structures, that their investments are protected from any creditors that might come along. And also for those people that go south and they like to drive the big motorhomes and that, it's protected from anything that might happen, you know, if they get in a car accident or something like that. There's a lot of consultants and people who have rentals, that kind of thing, where they do need to minimize the risk of any creditors or lawsuits that might happen. And so they use these investments and make sure that it's protected from that. We've all dealt with bank law, but trust law is becoming an increasingly important tool in good estate planning. Here's Macmillan Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. Let's have two people, related or otherwise, start a business. Um, The succession plan and all of the planning for how that business is to be maintained, handled, and so forth really begins, it seems to me, at that moment. Mm-hmm. It does, Peter. Um, how do how should a business be set up at the outset so as to avoid any problems and to provide for a smooth transition, even if that transition is some distance in the future? Mm-hmm. That's a perfect subject to discuss, Peter. And at Macmillan, we set up a lot of companies for couples and families, and we have that discussion with them on where they want their company to be. We all want our companies to be successful, but we also have to consider 5, 10, 15 years down the road, situations may change. Business partners might have different thoughts from now until in 15 years from now. Somebody might want to immigrate to another country or someone might move to BC or Toronto or other provinces in Canada. So when we plan these corporations for these business partners, we want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. A way to make sure that uh, friends remain friends and family remain family is to establish what's called unanimous shareholders agreements. Now, these unanimous shareholders agreements, Peter, uh, they're lengthy documents, but they protect the business partners. They make sure that everyone's on the same page on what will happen if somebody wants to leave the partnership or the company. And if someone wants to be added on, whose permission do we need in order to add on a new business partner, as well as what will happen in the unlikely or likely death of a business partner, who is going to buy whose shares and where will the money come from? So these are just a few questions and these are just a few uh, matters that are dealt with in the unanimous shareholders agreement. So we highly recommend that companies all have unanimous shareholders agreements so that everybody's on the same page when these circumstances come. Because you're trying to protect the partners in the business, you're also trying to protect the business itself so that it can continue to function and it doesn't just dissolve. That's correct, Peter. We want to protect the peace within the company because when everybody sets up a business, everybody's friends. But again, five to 10 years down the road, They may not be as best friends as before. And what we want to prevent is a lawsuit. We don't want it to come to a point where these two friends are suing each other for the value of their shares in the company. 
And what the shareholders agreement does is it provides for a mechanism that should that time come when someone wants to leave, there is a process and a procedure on how these shares will be evaluated and how these shares will be paid. And if that case or scenario comes, then the partners can just call upon those provisions and everything will be in order instead of fighting it off in court. Suppose it isn't a series of partners. Suppose it's just one individual. In the setting up of the company, there is still a legal process to go through. And if it's done properly, there should still be some provision in there for at least the start of a transition, even if the transition is a long way down the trail. That's correct. Unanimous shareholders agreements are useful if you have two or more shareholders. If there's just one shareholder or owner of the company, a shareholders agreement may not be necessary. But when you have two or more, it's great to have one so that uh, future events can be uh, forecasted and there's a mechanism on how to deal with those events. But if in the event that you have just one shareholder, Peter, it's good also to know at the onset what his plans are. Does he plan to bring in new investors? Does he plan to issue shares to his kids, his relatives? Is he planning on using this company as just a holding company for assets? Or is this company going to be an operating company such as uh, one involved in the sale of goods and products? Uh, okay, uh, let's, let's suppose we have two people who are going into a partnership to start a business. Um, in the context of their individual life plans, how should the company be set up so that each of them is protected and so the company can continue to operate with or without both partners? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about corporations, we also have to consider what will happen in the unlikely death of one of the business partners. And it's a fact of life. Taxes and death, we can't avoid them. So in the event that a shareholder dies, what happens is that his shares will be distributed in accordance with this last will. It doesn't automatically mean that his shares will go to uh, the family or the estate or a certain beneficiary. It has to be provided in his last will. More or less, his shares will be established or transferred off to his estate. So they will be named instead of his name personally, it'll be named the estate of shareholder. So that's how it'll be stated on the books of the corporation. Now, what that means is in the event that shareholder who passed is also a director, he will have to be or he will have to cease to act as a director because he has already passed. Now, the remaining directors will now, as long as there is a majority of them, they will act as the directors without him. And in the next shareholders meeting, the shareholders are able to vote a replacement director for that deceased shareholder. That's all for this week on The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe as you celebrate the new year. And join us again in seven days on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.